Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The poem says, Human voices wake us, and we drown. But I've made this podcast with the belief that human voices are what we need. And so whether from a year or 3,000 years ago, whether poetry or prose, whether fiction or diary or biography, here are the best things we have ever thought, written, or said. At the height of his fame in the 1930s, the American poet Robinson Jeffers made the cover of Time magazine, but uh, since then, He has become merely a provincial poet, mostly forgotten. He is a California poet, or an environmental poet. Uh, This has always struck me as kind of a shame, because uh, for all of the possible candidates of the true heir to Walt Whitman and his effortless, rolling, long, free-verse lines, I don't think any of them really compare to Robinson Jeffers. Um... But I can understand why he's no longer popular, uh, or nearly as popular as Whitman, uh, because Jeffers is such a grumpy prophet compared to Walt Whitman's positive exuberance and uh, optimism. Uh, All you would have to do is compare the patriotic poetry of Whitman during the Civil War to Jeffers' just scathing poetry against uh, the United States' involvement in World War II. And especially when you consider that uh, and you read the poetry concerned with World War II, you realize that you don't have to agree with him, and I certainly don't, to enjoy the power of the poetry. Uh, none of the poems that I'm going to read here are involved with that. All of these come from his last book of poetry, and but you can still get a sense of his uh, cynicism with humanity, but also the beauty that he finds in it as well. The first poem is called Explosion. There are astronomers, mathematicians, men of science, who believe that the whole stellar universe, the Earth and other planets, the Sun and his galaxy, and the innumerable firefly millions of the other star swirls and the unseen dark stars, dust clouds, and coal sacks, were once one giant atom, which under its own exaggerations of heat and pressure, exploded. The farthest galaxies that the telescope sees, according to their light analyzed, fly at incredible speeds outward through space, flung from that fury. Ours is among the laggards. Ours lay near the center, perhaps, of the blast. The idea is at least dynamic, might be held to explain our awful interest in atom splitting and nuclear bombs. We build a civilization and explode it, quite natural. Nature did worse before. 
We are born of explosion and homesick for it. Our little blasts echo that huge one. But the whole sum of the energies that made and contained the giant atom survives. It will gather again and pile up the power and the glory. And no doubt it will burst again. Systole to diastole, the whole universe beats like a heart. Peace in our time was never one of God's promises, but back and forth, die and live, burn and be damned. The great heart beating, pumping into our arteries his terrible life. He is beautiful beyond belief, and we, God's apes or tragic children, share in the beauty. We see it above our torment. That's what life's for. He is no god of love, no justicer of a little city like Dante's Florence, no anthropoid god making commandments. This is the god who does not care and will never cease. Look at the seas there, flashing against this rock in the darkness. Look at the tide stream stars and the fall of nations and dawn wandering with wet white feet down the Carmel Valley to meet the sea. These are real, and we see their beauty. The great explosion is probably only a metaphor, I know not, of faceless violence, the root of all things. And this is one of my favorite poems of his, called A Vulture. I had walked since dawn, and lay down to rest on a bare hillside above the ocean. I saw through half-shut eyelids a vulture wheeling high up in heaven, and presently it passed again, but lower and nearer, its orbit narrowing. I understood then that I was under inspection. I lay death-still and heard the flight feathers whistle above me and make their circle and come nearer. I could see the naked red head between the great wings, beak downward staring. I said, My dear bird, we are wasting time here. These old bones will still work. They are not for you. But how beautiful he'd looked, gliding down on those great sails. How beautiful he looked, veering away in the sea light over the precipice. I tell you solemnly that I was sorry to have disappointed him. To be eaten by that beak and become part of him to share those wings and those eyes, what a sublime end of one's body, what an ensciment, what a life after death. And this poem is called The Polar Ice Caps Are Melting. Sort of a premonition of 2020. The polar ice caps are melting. The mountain glaciers drip into rivers. All feed the ocean. Tides ebb and flow, but every year a little bit higher. They will drown New York, they will drown London, and this place, where I have planted trees and built a stone house, will be under sea. The poor trees will perish, and little fish will flicker in and out of the windows. I built it well, thick walls of Portland cement and gray granite. The tower, at least, will hold against the sea's buffeting. It will become geological fossil and permanent. What a pleasure it is to mix one's mind with geological time, or with astronomical, relax it. 
There is nothing like astronomy to pull the stuff out of man, his stupid dreams and red rooster importance. Let him count the star swirls. That's all of these actually are great examples of how you don't need to agree with his conclusions to see the power and the beauty of the poetry. And uh, these last three are about uh, him growing old. This is called As the Eye Fails Through Age or Disease. As the eye fails through age or disease, and the world grows a little dark, it begins to have human figures in it. A stone on the mountain has a man's face. A storm-warped tree against the fog on the mountain is a man running, hopelessly fleeing his fear. And at night, by candlelight, a huddle of bedclothes on the bed is visibly a woman dying, that dearest woman who has been dead for ten years. The eye's tricks are strange. The mind has to be quick and resolute, or you'll believe them, and be gabbling with ghosts. For take note that they are always human. To see the human figure in all things is man's disease. To see the inhuman God is our health. And this one called, It Nearly Cancels My Fear of Death. It nearly cancels my fear of death, my dearest said, when I think of cremation. To rot in the earth is a loathsome end, but to roar up in flame, besides I am used to it, I have flamed with love or fury so often in my life, no wonder my body is tired, no wonder it is dying. We had great joys of my body. Scatter the ashes. And this very last poem in his edition of Collected Poems. I am 74 years old and suddenly all my strength. I am 74 years old and suddenly all my strength has been shed on the wind. I cannot lift stones nor climb mountains nor make love. My dearest is dead, nor swim a shark's smile in the blue ocean. It is very unpleasant and humiliating. I believe that it comes to all men, unless they die. But I am too tough to die, though I thoroughly desire it. And I sort of regret now that the first recording of Robinson Jeffers' poetry comes from the end of his life, because you hear all of his themes here, and you hear uh, about the death of his wife, um, which prompted many gorgeous poems that I'll hopefully read in the future. But for now, I'll leave him there. Any comments or suggestions for readings I should make in future episodes can be emailed to Human Voices Wake Us, the number one, at gmail.com. Links to each work used in this episode can be found in the episode description. If you enjoy Human Voices Wake Us, you can subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. The music here is Duke Ellington's Arabesque Cookie.